Nikki C, and welcome to another episode of Life Got in the Way, a podcast that is dedicated to growing, learning, and achieving our lifelong goals. Today, I am so fortunate to have a special guest. Um, Charity Pleasant is back on the show, and she's going to be our co-host for today. Woo! Welcome! Yay! (laughs) All right, for those of you, um, if you remember, uh, Charity was on she was a guest on the podcast a few months. No, not a few months. Uh, several months. I can't remember if it was earlier this year or late last year. My memory is kind of... It was one of those. <laughs> late last year. Late last year. So, uh-huh. yes, she was on late last year. She is the author of All the Things That Nobody Told Me, Finding My Extraordinary in My Journal. Journey in Journey. My Journey. Yeah, yep. my journey, and you can find that memoir wherever books are sold. I believe they're on Amazon, and I think it was in Barnes and Nobles, and all of those great things. So I am so excited to um, have you on today. And today we're just gonna just talk. I like the um, before we get into it, uh, uh, charity. We were talking about what we wanted to talk about today, and charity brought up this idea of talking about. The frog and the water, the boiling water. The boiling water. water frog effect. Yes, the boiling yep. frog. So we were like, I'm like, you know what? I don't really, that'll be something. That's interesting. And especially because the whole podcast is about how life can get in the way. And just thinking about how in different ways our home, our home situation or our work situation or being stuck that feeling of being stuck in, in, in this place, how, mm. you know, that can all kind of tie into that whole effect. Right. So I, since, you know, this was your yeah, yeah. topic, I was like, you know what, why don't you tell us what is the boiling frog effect? Well, as oh, you wow. mentioned, life as we know it has changed. And it's like everything, when you're thinking about your home life, your work life, you're thinking, well, am I still going to continue to be working from home? Are things going to continue in this abnormal way? Are we mm-hmm. actually getting used to it? Are we getting used to staying home, working from home, office from home, um, ordering food for home? Are we are we going to stay <laughs> this way forever? <laughs> <laughs> like, are we never going to get back out there in the world and society? It's almost like mm-hmm. that boiling frog effect, like... We've been doing this, what, for two, three years, and it's like Mm -hmm. some of my friends are on their way back into the office, but they're not even at the office yet. Or some of my friends, they're doing maybe two days at the office and then three days at home. So it's like, Mm -hmm. is this the new norm? Is this like something that we're going to be used to? Do we want to get used to it? Do we like it? Do we love it? Do we hate it? It's just so many different things going on right now. I know it is. It's crazy. I, I, you know, you're talking about that whole idea of, uh, you know, getting uh, ordering online and everything. And I was just like, yeah, I just had a grocery delivery. <laughs> well, you know what? I, in my in my uh, in my defense, I've been uh, ordering groceries online since at least what 2011, 2012. Oh yeah, when they first started. Because I, because yeah, you know, I don't I don't like to. I can I have a license, but I don't drive. Mm-hmm. And it's just so much. Usually, I was just one of those people that like, oh girl, you going to the store? Let me ride right. with you. Right, and it's <laughs> convenient. It's, 
it yeah. <laughs> but now it's like, yeah, I can just have my groceries delivered. Yeah. Um, so it's just so much more convenient. But just that idea of are we just gonna be stuck in this this place? Um, right. Well, and right. and just to even break down the the idea of the boiling water effect, it's basically you know you have this it's this idea that there is this frog, and if you have a frog, and I think the water is boiling, the if if the frog, frog jumps in and the water's boiling, the frog is gonna immediately jump out. Right. But if the frog is already in the pot and the pot is not hot and then it slowly starts to boil. Right. Then there's this idea that the the frog won't jump out. It will just stay there and then essentially boil to death. Right. 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 So now for the for the scientists out there, we've already we know that this is just a debunk. We we already know it's not it's debunked, you know, yeah. scientifically, scientifically, metaphorically. <laughs> exactly. Metaphorically, it works. So we're going to keep keep it around metaphorically and just know we know that the science is this. Yes, all the frogs are going to jump out. Yeah, we get it. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. metaphorically, that's kind of where we are in sometimes in our lives when we just stay somewhere too long mm-hmm. and everything around us it starts to change and we're we don't even it's almost like we become desensitized right. to it or or and it's and it and it can go into so many different avenues like i just uh was looking at an article and they were talking about how we you can have that boiling uh effect with just something as simple as the weather like, you know, we're getting used to this new normal and the old, the whole time we're getting used to like, I don't know where you are, but, um, well, I do know where you are, but I know, I don't know if, uh, I've been following your weather, but, uh, the weather has been extremely in a lot of places, extremely hot. Yes. Like in my area though, it's been the opposite. I mm. got, you know, where I moved, where I moved and. They were like, well, this is the coldest it's been in 15 years. Oh, wow. Wow. I was like, I picked the right time to move here. Um, so, you know, while everybody else is scorching, I'm still putting on a jacket and sometimes in the morning. So it's just like, but, you know, you keep going, you keep having these effects, these, right. these, these crazy temperatures and stuff. And then we just start to look at it as normal. But the reality is there's stuff happening in the climate that right. is changing so we're getting almost like desensitized to this idea that it's it's changing. Right, so, right. I, mean, I think I know that's just go ahead. I think for like so long we have been told for years and years and years, you know, global warming, climate change, mm-hmm. this and that. We got to stop this. We got to slow down on the fossil fuels and this and that. And when when you hear that for so long, for 10, 15 years and you still really don't change your patterns, you really, like you said, do become desensitized to it. There's nothing that people can convince you of to make you change your habits. And then, like you say today here in Ohio, we've experienced 90s like the whole week with the uh, uh, humidity making it feel like 100 and something. And it's like, mm-hmm. how can you not see like some of the effects of our climate, even like some of the mm-hmm. winters that we've had, some of them have been worse than others. And sometimes we've been getting snow like in May. So it's like, wait a minute, how does anyone not see this climate stuff going on? And it's like, we still continue 
to do those same things, you know, not being mindful of the fossil fuels that we're putting in the air and not being mindful of cutting back in the areas that we can to kind of help our environment along. We're, like you said, it's that metaphorically speaking, that boiling frog effect. And pretty soon, you know, what's going to happen to our climate? You know, what's going to happen? Yeah, I don't know what's gonna happen, but I know I don't. I'm hoping. Well, I think we're always hoping it's gonna be so far down the line that we won't have the. Oh, that's gonna be our children, children, children's right. issue. That's not gonna be mine. They've been talking about global warming since the '60s, and but right. now I feel like okay, okay, okay. Now we're really. I'm like, then you're looking at gas prices. They're mm-hmm. high. This is the one time I'm glad I do not drive because right. I'm like. Ooh. That's a lot of money, y'all. Let me get on this train right here. Right. Gas prices <laughs> but, is astronomical right now. And then it, not just the gas prices, but even airlines, because they got to pay. For, right. I was like, what are we doing? And right. why haven't we evolved? Uh, I saw this. It was this article. I wish I could have remembered this man's name, but Viola Davis had posted it. And there was this man. He created this huge, he was a scientist or or maybe engineer of some sort was a black man. And he created this machine that can take your air, the air that you breathe and turn it into water. Exactly. Wow. Like, why don't we know about this? <laughs> and it, I mean, well, the, I have the not mach- never heard. The, I mean, the <laughs> machine itself looks like the size of a, um, I would say a, a train crate, a freight train crate. So it's huge, but he mm-hmm. took one of those to Flint. Michigan and I'm thinking well this is phenomenal could we and he would get gallons upon gallons upon gallons and it just takes air and it makes pure water and the water's clean and everything it's it's uh yeah and so I was like wow this is amazing and he Mm -hmm. took it to Flint and they used it one day and the next day they came back it had been vandalized yeah, oh, they destroyed wow. the machine, so you couldn't use it. And he was saying that this wasn't a, a random vandalism. This wasn't just like, right. oh, you know, some graffiti, I broke some stuff. They strategically mm-hmm. broke things in a way that someone had to have known what each thing does or known mm. science, the, um, the, the mechanics of it all. So right. I was like, wow, that's crazy. Like, And he was like... They per- they sabotaged it. He was like, "Well, you got to think. This is a a business, and this is a lot of money, you know." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Wow!" And so it makes me kind of sometimes even think like we know that the changing of the climate and all this stuff is happening, but is it just going to not change? Because you know, there's a lot of money. There's a lot of money in fossil fuel. A lot of money there's a lot fossil, yeah. of money on the table. So you know that could kind of you know move people. And they're mm-hmm. and they're different uh, how they're moving, so yeah. but that you know I can talk about the climate. Well, I'm not really a climate person. I can't talk about yeah, it too but deep you got because I only know. So- <laughs> You got people in really high places when it comes Mm -hmm. to climate change and climate technology and the mechanics, like you said, behind everything. Those are big money making businesses. Mm -hmm. And sometimes even though things can be improved and made more cost effective or more economical, you got these big, powerful companies that don't want to lose the business. 
So sometimes I think in the back of my mind that some of those things are what's really holding us up from the possibilities that we can achieve because there's so many massive, massive companies with massive supporters that, you know, don't want to lose that business if we find something more cost effective and something that makes more sense to make things healthier for everybody. Yeah, and I, and it it like and it kind of goes back to that whole boiling water, you know. As long as we're not, we get used to this idea. We're just used to okay, you know, fossil fuel. That's how we. That's how we always done it. That's the way. And it's like, why can't we see beyond that? Why can't we think of clean air? Why is it? Well, we know, you know, the the powers that be, like you said, it's a big business. And, it, mm-hmm. you know, but it kind of keeps us in that mindset. But if we just really sit and think about it and like, you know, what, that that's true. Why are we doing this? And even going back to kind of a little earlier when you were talking, when we were talking about you talked about the idea of are we ever going to go back to work? Mm-hmm. Do we want to? <laughs> Do we want to? <laughs> are I mean, we used to this new normal? Yeah, I mean, but I, I, I think... This idea of businesses not, you getting used to not being always there. Like, I think it, it, it had the opposite effect. I think maybe that disruption of the pandemic, we were so used to nine to five work, you know, get to work, be there all day, go, you know, and you go through all this because you, that's your routine, right? Right. And and, right. and we never really broke that routine. It was like, no, 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 I got to be in the office. I got to put in like 10 hours and, you know, I got to do this and I'm going to be so productive. And then when the pandemic hit, we are at home and I'm like, oh my God, I can't do this. This is hard. When are we going back to work? And right. then <laughs> it shifted to Oh, I got. The, I feel like I can get more done, and I don't have now. I don't have to get in there. I don't have to commute. I don't have to commute back and forth. I can eat at my house. I don't have to buy food, lunch. Saving on gas. I'm saving on gas. I'm saving on money. <laughs> I'm more efficient, and I can do little things in between during my lunch hour. I can wash the dishes. I can get this done and this. And I'm like, I feel more. Right. So I'm like, feeling kind of nice after all. Yeah. So you get used to that. Then they're like, okay, now go. We're going back to the grind. We're going And I'm like, do I? I want to go back to the grind <laughs> do, do right, you want to go right. back to the grind right like, I, I think it's probably like i think it's probably like half and half for some mm-hmm. people i think like some people are like maybe when they're at home with multiple children like oh. three or four children and yeah. it's like hard to get work done mm-hmm. when you have children that you want to take care of too and you know you got to feed them if you got to eat lunch you got to give them lunch and give them breakfast and make them snacks and Make sure that they're productive all day and not getting into trouble. At the same time, you got to get your work done. So it's like some people are like, let me run back to the office. I'm ready to go. Like, oh, my goodness, I'll get more done at work. But then, like you said, you got those other people that are like, oh, man, I done vacuumed on my lunch break and I done the, loaded the dishwasher and I done started dinner. Oh, I'm loving this. Yeah, but now it's like, I think... I think it helps to now we see that we can have that balance. Mm-hmm. Then maybe mm-hmm. we can have a little give and take. Maybe, okay, we don't have every day at home. But what if we right. could incorporate teleworking? Because we've shown that we can do our job at work. And now the kids are back in school. 
So mm-hmm. maybe mom and dad and grandma <laughs> and them could get a little bit more work done because right, now you right. have to feed them and take care right. of them and do their homework. So, but I, I it, it's interesting that now we're just at that place of changing. And and um, the article uh, it talked about uh, ways. I think it was like five ways. I think it was a better human. Five ways for you to kind of get out of that that pot syndrome um mm-hmm. is one of the ways is to change up your routine and so i think that right. us having our routine shook up p- forced us to really stop and think about do we need to as humans be on that ground because even though yeah we had that time where we were with our families a lot but there was also that time where we were with our families a lot and mm-hmm. it's like, wow, now we now you can see that maybe it's not necessarily a bad thing. Maybe I haven't spent a lot of time with my family. Maybe I haven't right. spent time with the kids or with my parents or grandparents. And so it could kind of kind of have a flip uh, aspect to it. So it's interesting. Yeah, a lot of people got that chance to um, think about, you know, changing up their routines, because when you figure that your kids are gone at school all day, if you have kids, or you're at work, you know, 40 hours a week away from your spouse or your significant other. But once we were secluded with each other, it's like, oh, wow, I do like her. I do like him. It's like, you find out things like, (laughs) this is different. This is changing in my routine. And you learn things about people even in your family or friends because you know I was zooming a lot and Mm -hmm. video calling a lot and stuff like that when I couldn't travel and I was like oh I didn't know that about you and you know I was learning all kind of new things and I was thinking when you're talking about balance it seemed kind of impossible to balance work life with home life when we were driving back and forth you know every day and trying to get to work on time and trying to get home on time to do dinner and this and that but once we started doing that at home in seclusion it kind of made me think of better ways to um, incorporate that kind of style when I went back to work so I've been back to work for a while But um, I've learned better ways to find life-work balance. Mm -hmm. So those things that I was able to do on lunch breaks or things like that or sneak in during the day because I saved so much time from driving, I've thought of ways like crock pot cooking and meal prep and stuff like that where it takes away a lot of time that I was using previously because I wasn't meal prepping and I wasn't like using my crock pot a lot. And I wasn't doing things where I could just like, oh, let me go A, B, C and do this, this and that. Like it was usually just kind of scattered all over the place. Okay, this needs done, that needs done. But there was not really a lot of organization about it. Mm -hmm. But the pandemic forced me to get organized. It forced me to see, you know, I can change my routine on a few things. And it kind of opened up my eyes too when you talk about the boiling frog effect the changes that are made in our government, how we ch- kind of just roll with it. And I'm right. like, isn't this, isn't this a democracy? Like yeah, yeah. they just make these mandatory changes and we're like, okay, okay. I'm like, I'm oh, like, yeah, okay. no one questioned that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. We're just rolling with it. And, and, and even now, but I, I think now it, it got us, I think when we had to step back and, you know, the pandemic caused us to have that time to really reflect. 
I think that's when we saw, okay, it's some stuff that's pretty, pretty, um, pretty, pretty ass backwards. Excuse my language, but yeah. it's pretty, pretty messed, deep. Yeah, it's pretty messed up. Like we don't really have to, to and I think more things rolled over our heads because now, I mean, we, they literally just overturned like Roe versus Wade and everybody knows about it. Like there are men that right. are just like, oh yeah, can't. You know, yeah, I guess this is happening and this is happening. So I was like, that's interesting because there once was a time when people would be like, what's that? What What is a role versus we, who? Oh, I don't know anything right. about that. I'd be working. Right. <laughs> it's just like, but you got to know that there are things that are happening in the government, in the world that are affecting you. So I think it at least caused us to pause enough to say, hey, no, we Absolutely. need to really pay attention now. So now, mm. now everybody's attention is uh, spidey ears and spidey mm. senses are going off. So, right, right. So I agree because go ahead. I I do agree because there's just so much going on in our government, and um, I think people are just kind of like used to things just happening and not really many people answering to it and being held responsible or accountable for it. And I think too, we need to pay attention to like our government, as far as politics as who we put into office. And I think yeah. that a lot of people, you know, they don't vote on smaller elections. They just vote yeah. on the presidential ones and you got to pay attention to those things myself included we got to get more involved in you know just investigating the candidates and making sure they stand for those core values that we stand for too because those are the people that are help making those changes become official or you'll have a, a dr oz and you're mm -hmm. yeah because he won <laughs> i was like wait dr oz is doing what now he's called <laughs> He's in what? Oh, gosh. right, right. So, um, that's yeah. So now we, it, it, I think we set a really bad precedent when we put in a president that did not have necessarily a, a specific background, and it's like, mm -hmm. what are we doing now? Everybody now it's just like, oh, we gonna we gonna do this, we gonna do that, and I'm like, what are we doing? But anyway, girl, <laughs> you know, politics. Oh, that's that's um. That's something else, but uh, oh yeah, are you muted? Uh, yes, I was. I was like, I think okay. I have some. Uh, <laughs> I was having some uh, tech issues, but no, that's just me. Me not knowing how to work <laughs> my uh, <laughs> work my microphone. But uh, <laughs> no, I was. Uh, I was saying muted to myself. I was talking about how, um, as you know, we talked about this the the relationships in. Uh, oh, we didn't talk about relationships. We talk about work life and mm -hmm. and politics, but our relationships are kind of also have this this uh, this uh, this boiling frog effect affects us in that those situations too. Because you know sometimes whether it's consciously or unconsciously, we have a tendency to stick to what we know, right? And right. Right. And what's comfortable. So sometimes we right. stick in situations or we stick with people or friendships that are weird. You know, we just get used to a certain behavior and we don't challenge it or we don't think outside of, hey, maybe people don't behave this way. You know, maybe a friendship right. 
isn't isn't this dynamic or maybe you know in a relationship I you know shouldn't deal with this or that and I, I find it interesting how we have to kind of get to a point where we evaluate and realize that there are certain things about people or certain situations just understanding that we can't change everything you know right um right we can't change people sometimes we can't change uh, so, but we can change our involvement in it or just taking that time to reflect on, you know, I don't necessarily want to be in this situation where I'm mm-hmm. going with the, the, the flow of it or or right. understanding that everything around you is not the way it used to be. It rem- like, um, I, the prime example is when I was away, uh, when you go away, like go away to college, right? I went away to college. It was all these different experiences. You meet all these different types of people and you have this very diverse palette. But then sometimes all those people and all this diversity, you go home, right? And at home, everybody has the same, this is how we think. This is the politics we follow. This is how we feel about it. These are our values, our core. And and it becomes like you you never really realize, maybe did I have my own core values and my values and core, was it me defining it or was it defined by my society? And so then you discover new things, you learn new people, and you you come with this open-mindedness. And then you go back home. Mm -hmm. You go back home, you spend years back home. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and sometimes there's nothing wrong no, don't get me wrong it's nothing wrong with going back home nothing wrong. nothing wrong with it but sometimes we fall back into those patterns and then right. the things that you try to unlearn to to further your understanding of others you kind of relearned the same that sometimes bad habits or the same ideologies and it right. can kind of set you back a little bit. I always think about, oh, yeah. like, I, it makes me wonder about, like, the, you know, you had the civil rights movement, right? And you had all these mm-hmm. people, and then you see these documentaries in the 90s and the 2000s where some old racist was like, you know, it was just different times then, but we know better. We know better. We're doing better. And then you mm-hmm. have January 6th. <laughs> and you have that whole presidency and then you're just like all those people they still alive and I'm like do you still know better do better or we or right, do we fall right. back into the old patterns of what right, we were right. oh man it's, it's crazy first off relationships uh, speaking is are hard like mm-hmm. relationships are so hard the different dynamics rather you know it's a friendship rather it's you know a family member relative or a spouse or significant other relationships are difficult and when it comes to like um kind of when you notice that when you're around certain people sometimes you notice hey am i taking the ideology ideology of you know when I grew up and what was kind of taught to me there am I really just going off of that because of that or am I going off because I'm around these certain people Mm -hmm. and sometimes I think too like like you said when you have those different experiences with different cultures whether you go away to college or rather you move cities or states and your eyes are kind of in a way open because you're outside of your typical environment and you, you do get kind of versed in different ideologies and different types of thinking. 
And then when you go back home to that home base where you started from and got your foundation and you see that people are still thinking, I guess, kind of like in the old ways or the same old ways you were Mm -hmm. growing up with, you kind of think to yourself, oh, man, was I this closed minded? Was I not like being open to different things and different aspects of life and different other cultures and thinking. And I think that like it plays a big part of how you interact with people rather than friendships or relationships. Cause sometimes you can have friends for quite a while and you notice some things about them that may not be all that positive. And then <laughs> you think, uh, should I say something to them? Should I hold them accountable? Mm-hmm. And and if and my thinking is if you don't hold them accountable, how will they know that, you know, what you just said was not really cool. Like yeah, that was exactly. not cool at all. <laughs> and it's like at some point you gotta be bold enough to have like a um a way to say something to rather as a friend or a spouse or a relative, like, yo, that 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 was not right. That was unkind of cool. You kind of need to be more accountable about what you say. And sometimes that's hard for people to do because like you said, when it comes to the boiling pot metaphor, you could be used to just, you know, sitting around, let's just say for an example, a relative that just demeans women all the time and just, or just talks badly about women or just, you know, have bad habits where you just get so used to that. You don't say, Hey, uncle, that's not right. Or, Hey, uh, so-and-so that's not right. We shouldn't be talking like that. Especially when you have that younger generation sitting around listening Mm -hmm. and you have this person demeaning somebody, even in a friendship, when someone says something that's untoward or, you know, borderline, like, Oh, that sounds a little bit racist. I know you're not racist, but what you just said sounds a little racist. You need to hold people accountable of it because, If you keep staying in there, to me, it feels like being in a pot of boiling water and I'm just sitting there and I'm not saying anything. I should be jumping out saying, hey, you need to be accountable for this. Yeah. And he's just boiling all around you. It's like, I need to get out of here, but I'm just sitting here and just watching it all boil boil around me. So yeah, just that idea of just standing up for yourself, like saying, you know what? No, this, this isn't right. No, I'm going to stand up and I'm going to speak out and stand up and and do something instead of just right. sitting in a pot of boiling water. Right. Like, now, if they, if they still haven't corrected their action, then maybe you should uh, challenge yourself to uh, maybe find some more friends. Exactly. I mean, we got to keep our family and all that stuff. But, you we know, at stuck some with point. Them sometimes, but at least we can. <laughs> we, we know when we to get stuck out. with them more often than we need to be sometimes. <laughs> right. <laughs> Oh, but hey, at some point, you just got to hold people accountable. And sometimes, you know, if they're not willing to change and adjust and, you know, sometimes it might be time to move on. Definitely. So jump on out the pot. Jumping on out the pot. Uh, so you just have to overall just kind of know when to move on, like whether it's in your work life, whether it's how you see the world, whether it's, you know, sometimes you just move on, get, get another perspective, reflect, sit, right. sit with it. Um, I think I, I read somewhere where it's good to journal. I'm not good. Right. At it. I'm not good at journaling, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I had the good, I had the best intentions over the years to journal. I was always buy these, you know, notebooks and then it got three or four pages in 
I didn't forgot. But you know, you always it's always good to go back and reflect on what you learned. And right, I, it's a good idea though. Yeah, it is a good idea. So I have little pockets of stories where I usually write something when everything is just a crazy day. And then I can reflect on it like three or four years later. I'm like, yeah, I remember that day when such and such said this to me and I did this and that. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, I think it's a good way for you to um, get outside of your own head or or see things with a clearer head in in a sense. Um, Right. One of the um, things that they mentioned, too, in one of the articles was that, you know, reading a book. So even if you don't like journaling, maybe reading a book will get you outside of that space. Yeah, learn something. (laughs) You know what they say, uh, if you the best secrets, if you want to keep the best kept secret, you write it, put it Mm -hmm. in a book. Oh, my gosh, there's so (laughs) much. And when we talk about our society, like there's a lot that happens that we just don't know about but right. somebody wrote about it and that's right. that's where it's like pick up a book learn something um you know I was just uh sharing with um one of my nieces um that book uh 1619 by um ooh, her name is not on the tip of my tongue um but it, it it recently came out it's been on a lot of band lists because of what it's talking about it's basically talking about history but it's not the history that they want to portray. You know, we don't want to mm-hmm. talk about what it slavery really was. We don't want to talk about how it really started. We don't want to talk about it because it's upsetting. Which is I find that to be ironic because I feel like I heard about the Holocaust a lot. And that mm-hmm. was upsetting. That was very <laughs> upsetting. That was very upsetting, but we we had to know about it and that wasn't even our history. Um, as um, when I say our history, I mean the history of this country. And it's like we really had to learn the history of other countries and, and be ups- and and we could, you know, share in our outrage of what that of those things happening. But why can't we continue to know and remember that outrage for what happened in this country where we still have the residual effects? And. You know, she was, you know, I gave that book to my niece and she was like, oh, my God, I didn't know. She's like, did you know they're trying to take critical thinking out of the school systems? I was like, yeah, because but then you also have to think about our culture where, you know, people are just focused on going to work, coming home. I mind my own. I'm not I'm not looking for this type of information. So they're like, well, don't worry, we're not going to give you that type of information. We're not going to tell you what's really going on. We're not going to tell right. you about redlining and the, and and how the, the the suburbs were formed to really keep you know black businesses and stuff from being and 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 black people from living in certain communities. We're not going to talk about all of the things and how it affects education and so it's just a, a lot of uh, of things that sometimes we it's boiling up all around us, but we didn't know it. To, it's like we were in the pot of boiling water and we didn't even know enough to get out of it to see and so right. we're, we're seeing the effects of it so like mm-hmm. like I said you know put it in a book and somebody did put it in a book and now they're scared of that book that's why the book is on the band <laughs> list and I was like really it's just history oh we don't want right. to know about that history okay all right okay I think that's very very interesting when you talk about um, the things that people don't know and that we put in books and as a society as a whole, what I've seen is like 
those things in history that we do learn about that, you know, we consider injustices and, you know, things that we see that have been wrong. A lot of things that our society does well is, you know, once those things are put into book and people wanting to spread that information and given that knowledge, I think one thing that we don't do well is put in some type of information and book like, okay, where do we go from here? How do we move forward from here? How do we heal from here? What are some steps we can take to move closer toward a more unified justice system, a more unified society? What are some things we can do to, you know, make those cultural differences, not necessarily um, minimize the differences, but how can we celebrate our differences? How can we support all cultures? How can we lift everyone up? A lot of times when I see things like um, different movements, any type of things that are in social media about, you know, this and that being done wrong, um, even Black Lives Matter. I love those movements, but I also want to see, you know, what can we do as Black people to support each other? How can we support each other's businesses? How can we support each other's communities? How can we band together and, you know, help raise our children? Because, you know, back in the mm-hmm. day, you know, the the whole block raised the child. Right. And sometimes you <laughs> like, can't don't even you hardly say, find a mom and dad. <laughs> like, don't you say anything to my child. Like, well, maybe yeah, your child should yeah. be running the streets. <laughs> we moved so far away from, like, you know, those methods we can do to support each other, to uplift each other. How can we move on and heal from this? You know, it is a part of our history. We have to know it but what are those steps we can take to move past it to progress past it to you know create more history a better history with each other now what are those things that we're doing for that so that's a a lot of times when I think about you know even just our policing system when you think about the policing system it wasn't built for African-Americans. Heck, we weren't even included in the Constitution. And it's no. like we still <laughs> go by the Constitution. We abide by that. And we weren't included in the Constitution. No, we, we have weren't. so many Mm-mm. systematic systems that need to be, I wouldn't even say modified. I would say completely demolished and start all over. <laughs> right. Like We need to start all over with some things yeah. like... We, we take all this time in electing presidents and mayors and officials, but when it comes to our police who are supposed to serve and protect, I believe that they need to be elected too. I mean, mm-hmm. I believe that there has to be some type of system where they're held accountable saying, hey, this person can be trusted to serve and protect. Because a lot of times what I'm seeing Serve and in the police everyone. <laughs> yes, everyone, everyone. And people, it seems like people are so afraid of police because they have a gun and people are just being murdered left and right. But I feel like, for one, not all police are bad, but even policemen, they need to hold each other accountable as well. A lot of times you hear, oh, it's the blue code, you know. But no, if your fellow police officer is doing something wrong, you need to hold them accountable too. Mm -hmm. Just like I would hold somebody accountable that's doing something wrong. And the fact that we are dealing with such atrocities these days, and I feel like sometimes 
people don't think about it as much until it affects them. So mm-hmm. that's, to me, again, there's that boiling pot metaphor again. Like you really don't think about all these different atrocities until it affects you personally. Yeah. And and not even that, not only that, I feel like, like you said, that we have these elected officials, we should elect these people, you know, they shouldn't just be allowed. But sometimes people... You know, you get comfortable. You ever see the the elders, they just keep putting in the same person into office. I'm like, this man has been a judge for 30 years and we right. have no, <laughs> there's nothing, nothing has, <laughs> but you, everybody doesn't go and vote for the, the court judge or, you know, and they just keep putting it. There's no one else on the ballot. So they just keep putting right. the same person right. back in there. So it's just like things like that where we are consistently just allowing the same things to happen over and over. And, you know, even with these police officers, you know, you, a person shouldn't be in charge for 30 years and, and nothing, you know, that that's 30 years of no change. That's not a diverse uh, opinion. That's the same old, this is how we do it. That's why I think that, there should be a limit on how long somebody there could should. be the chief commissioner or the right or or this and that because you need fresh ideas you need um things to to constantly renew and if we're right. keeping up with the same old same then it's just like we all in that pot and we just we just allowing it to just boil on and we just stay in there because we was in it this is what it was mm-hmm. so it's always been but if we had a, you know, now that we have knowledge and you, you jump into that pot, you're going to jump right out. Especially like you go to places, you're like, oh, wait, this politics is not, I know what this is. I'm not even, mm-hmm. I'm not even going to live here <laughs> or I'm not going to work in this environment because right, I've already right. been this, you know, like, like we were saying when we were talking about how, you know, changing, changing things and maybe just changing your work environment and not putting up with what you put up with before. You know, you tolerated these, these, um, this inappropriateness in the workplace or the right. bullying with the coworkers. And now, you know, when things change a little bit, you've changed, you've grown. You're just like, no, I, I can't, I can't be in this work environment anymore. It's toxic. Can't even do it. Can't even do it. Nope. but uh just uh, just overall a lot of things that we can do to kind of keep ourselves from allowing this to keep continuously recur uh, uh, uh you know recur or these uh feelings to continue to happen if you feel like you're in a rut if you feel like am i that frog that's been sitting in the pot if you got to think and ask yourself you probably were you probably are. <laughs> so you want to make sure you do some things to kind of get yourself out of that. You know, you, you, you educate yourself, you, you change your environment. Um, you, you sit and change your routine up a little bit, mm-hmm. reflect. There's so many get different an external point of view. Yes. It's not just how it's always been. Cause how it's always mm-hmm. been is how is it working for you? If you can ask yourself mm-hmm. that question, is it working? Is it still as good as it always has been? You know, right. I always think about when they talk about make America great again. And I'm just like, well, when was it great? And great for who? Because <laughs> I'm still trying to, <laughs> was it, was it slavery great? 
no. Great Depression, great. Like, what great? Civil rights, great. Jim Crow, great. What great are we referring oh, to? Oh, man. man. So, you know, we have to, you know, you, we had a culture and a society that just didn't know its history, didn't know its past. Pick up a book, read, get another perspective. Just do something. Don't just stay. Don't stay in that yeah. room do something i think there's something out there for everybody even Mm -hmm. if like politics isn't your thing you know maybe if like um you know uh pta with your school that might be your thing maybe you can advocate for students Mm -hmm. maybe you can advocate for teachers yeah i mean there's so many thousands of different groups you can advocate for rather it's anything from autism to anything. There's like so many different things. The global warming, the climate, like Saving there's so the many whales, things. You know, yeah. whatever it is. If you need to go and save a whale, do it. They 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 save need a help. Whale. Save a whale. Save the bees. Save, save the bees. what you know. There's you know? just like thousands of causes out there. There's kind of really no excuse where everyone shouldn't be involved in something that can improve or change our world. Whatever Mm -hmm. your passion is, you can go out there and find a group and just, you know, be involved and just help out and make those small improvements. And I do believe if we all participate in something big or small, then our world will be a much better place. I agree. I agree on that note. I definitely think that that's what we can do. That's how we can change this world and change our communities and just give back. And 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 I think it'll it'll do wonders for us because we'll feel more fulfilled. We'll feel like you know I'm, I am com- I am contributing to the society. I am right. I am get I am not just sitting there waiting and watching the society just go crazy all around me. And I'm just like, well, that's the way it's always been. This the world is crazy. No, <laughs> what can you do to help to help right. tame the world, to help make it a better place? So, right. um, yes. Oh, my gosh. This has been a great conversation. I'm so excited we got to reconnect because um, it's always good when you can uh, uh, just get back on the podcast again and catch up and. Um, you know, uh, you know, make sure I put the link in the description for the podcast. I mean, for the, um, not for the podcast, but for your book. Um, you know, just continue. I just continue to wish you the best and much success. And you know, we're just we're just at that point where, you know, if if you you know the listeners, if they want to, you know, connect with you, where are some of the places where they can go to reconnect with you again? They can connect with me through my website, uh, pleasantinvestments.com. They can connect with me through my email. It's pleasantinvestments123 at gmail.com. Some people like to connect with me on Facebook. Um, I'm on there as a public, so, you know, anybody can approach me there. There are different ways they can find me on YouTube. I have a YouTube channel, Pleasant Investments, where I oh, update some videos. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah, there's several ways people can get in contact okay. with me. <laughs> so, yeah, um, if they want to look for my book, they can order it through Amazon.com or they can order it through my website at PleasantInvestments.com. Awesome. But as always, it's been a pleasure being here again with you. I always enjoy connecting with you, catching up, and talking about things. We definitely have to do it again. Do it again. And I just want to thank all the listeners for tuning in all over the country. 
other countries. It's just a great experience, and I want to continue doing it, and I want everyone to make sure they're tuning in every Thursday for a new episode. And remember to hit the follow button. Um, if you haven't had a chance, make sure you leave a, a, a rating. So, you know, the, the more ratings you get, the higher you get in the algorithms and you'll be a part yeah. of the algorithm. So, you know, so other people can get to the podcast. So, yeah, so do all those things and, you know, you know, continue to tune in so you don't miss an episode. And until we meet again, I'm your host, Nikki C. And remember, it's time to get back to dreaming again. And if not now, then when?